I'm Kevin Price. You're listening to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. I'm really excited. Uh, we've had uh, Jim Hancock as a regular commentary uh, provider here on the Price of Business show for quite some time. He's incredibly savvy in the technology space. And uh, recently he has uh, uh, begun to join us to do actual interviews on a regular basis about his research and work in the technology space. He's a leading authority in this, in this space. His website, by the way, is jlhancock.com. That's jlhancock.com. He's an author. Uh, he's an author of uh, primarily uh, novels, in fact, uh, that deal a lot with uh, issues that relate to technology and national security and a lot of these issues. And during his time in the military, Jim worked away in the dark, dark corners of the government intelligence communities. He learned two Asian languages and eventually conducted over 100 combat operations with special operations forces in Iraq, Afghanistan, and the Philippines. And so he has a fascinating background. Um, love having him on the program. Love doing this work with him. And, again, you can learn more about him at jlhancock.com. Always love having our guest today, uh, J.L. Hancock. Always enjoy what he shares, what he brings to every single interview. Um, J.L., I know that, uh, that uh, last week you were at the con uh, Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas. I've been to that, to that before, but I went purely as a guy who likes technology uh, but doesn't dig very deeply in it. Uh, I did uh, enjoy some cool conversations with people, but um, – I don't, I don't bring the kind of expertise you bring. And so we're very delighted to have our man in, uh, you know, in technology at that event to be able to talk to our audience about it uh, today. So real quickly, um, when you go to that kind of event, I'm sure it's not your first one, what do you, what do you have in mind when you're going? I want to kind of like think like a technologist would think uh, going to an event like that. So normally whenever I attend something like the Consumer Electronics Show, I am looking for newer trends that are different from something that I may have been tracking online uh, for within certain groups. I'm also looking for the smaller companies that are creating something that's more of an innovative change. Uh, you see a lot of iterative development. Uh, I am looking usually for something that is moving the needle in a way that I didn't anticipate, something that surprises me. And and so um, I tend to steer away from the extremely large. I, I'll go see them, of course, but I'll steer away from the extremely large companies because uh, they tend to be following what the others are doing in some respect. Um, and then I like to really canvas the entirety of the of the event. It's a lot of walking, <laughs> good ten to ten miles a day of just walking around and checking things out. But the thing I'm really looking for are those nascent technologies that are under the radar, but people are trying to get traction. And mm -hmm. that is where the interesting things are to me. Basically, what's what's around the corner, basically. Right. Yeah. So, when you uh, were you impressed this year? You know, I I was. I, I want to say that I saw a lot of what I normally see. Um, the thing that I was hoping to see more of were um, practical applications of different types of quantum technologies. And uh, I, I did find a couple that I think are, are interesting, especially when it comes to the usage of the term quantum, not necessarily of the technology itself. Uh, 
and I'll, I can explain that in a moment. But um, I, it, the word AI was thrown on everything. Like it, it's almost right. like it's standard to have AI, and it then you you have to really look under the hood to be like, what do you really mean by that? And then they'll say something like, well, I'm using GPT, and I'm like, are you using GPT or using another form of of AI? And then you dig a little deeper, and then you discover there's not any AI at all. And so <laughs> there, um, it's interesting because you saw that a lot. And and so it's like it, it's understandable that people would use buzz terms. Um, you'd see an entire the Chinese section tended to be knockoffs of everybody else, um, and it's we know it, it's that way every year. But um, it's it's interesting because you want to see something that's dramatically different. And of course, the people that are doing extremely radical things aren't going to be presenting that to the public and letting anyone know because of the amount of reconnaissance that's being done at those events by different companies of their competitors. Like and, the Chinese. So, yeah, yeah, by the Chinese, right? So I was talking to one I was talking to one vendor who was uh he was they they were developed the type of like um repeater really that for, for radio waves and as I was talking to him, he had his head turned almost the entire time watching these individuals that were looking at his stuff. And and I um this was the lead engineer for the company and I was like, I was, I was kind of keying in, and he, and he said, yeah, I got to be careful because people not, not only literally, but they will figuratively, but they will literally steal our equipment, so I have to be careful. And I, I thought wow. that was an interesting concern, but he was like, it was mainly from a certain group of individuals, certain group. Now I'm not making any accusations, but he was like, yeah, you, you genuinely have to watch out in, in places like this because you're starting to, you're trying to create business. However, other people are there to literally steal your ideas, and so. Um, I would say, though, the thing that I was looking for in, in the end was uh, something along the lines of just something that jumped out to me. And the trends that I saw were, one, I, the thing that interested me is, is, is I was looking at the different types of augmented reality glasses. And it's been around for a long time. And there was a company a few years back called ODG, and they built these, they look like sunglasses, and they could present a monitor in your, in your eye through something called a diffracted waveguide. It's just like a separate little lens that operates inside of the, the behind the, the sunglass lens. And they allowed you to view and present like imagery in front of you and you could put a little overlay. And that company went out of business. They went out of business probably about four or five years ago now. They were a San Francisco-based company. But what I thought was interesting is I saw what looked like an ODG knockoff all over the place. And it was very famous companies were using almost, it looked exactly like an ODG. But it it was the same general diffracted waveguide um, type of technology. And what I mean by that, diffracted waveguide is like a little lens and it has these like striations in the glass that allows light to bend and then they focus it into your eye so it presents an image. Uh, the drawback of that, in my opinion, is always that if you're not using the augmented reality feature, now you just have degraded vision because you have these striations in your eye that kind of block out. It kind of messes with the basic part of your vision a little bit. And so I, I've never been a fan of it. I, th I understand why it's useful, but I've never really cared for it. Um, but I mm -hmm. saw it a lot. I saw, um, and it's just shrunk down. They've had people, they, they can put it in the lens directly now instead of just instead of in one lens. But it, it, your vision is still limited. And so you saw a lot of that. But with the quantum space, there were three different things that I thought were interesting. And one was I was looking at quantum computing, which um, people, the way that people understand that narrative is is inherently flawed many of times because they think of it like another kind of computer. So they go, I'm just going to go use the quantum computer. Like, that's not a thing. It has to be backed by a supplemental potential quantum computer, maybe even a supercomputer, and then finally you get down to a regular user computer. 
Like, so you can't just use the quantum computer by itself like you would any other computer. And you can't do AI on it. It's, not, it's the wrong type of computation. Um, and so I saw a bit of that, but I, it was hard to see anything that was going to be like recent development of quantum because everybody's like trying to figure out what that even means. Um, mm-hmm. But there was other terminology that I liked that I was hearing a lot, uh, like things like quantum perception and quantum dot technology. Now, those you hear those now, it, to simplify it, Quantum is just a fancy word for atom. And so anytime somebody's saying something like that, they're saying, I'm using an atom to do what I'm trying to accomplish. So a quantum perception is basically, instead of, uh, a, it's like a camera that instead of detecting a certain amount of photons to emit the light, they decrease the amount of read noise to where they can detect individual photons. And if you can detect individual photons, you can get an incredibly clear and crisp image at, uh, but you need a lot of processing. And that, so that for me was extreme. That, that one nugget right there is the most interesting thing to me at something like the Consumer Electronics Show because I'm seeing somebody actually employing that in a way that makes sense. And, and so instead of running around being like, I'm so excited about these, these, these transparent 4K screens that Samsung's making because they look really cool, I'm more or less like in the corner with this one individual doing quantum perception because that's exciting to me. Because yeah. that is something that's revolutionary because they could take a, a standard image at night that was a little blurry and it was crystal clear with the same camera. Um, they just needed more processing. And it's called quantum... Perception. Quantum perception. You're breaking up just a little. Quantum perception oh. and the... Uh, so that's interesting. And it sounds like that may have been the most exciting thing for you at the event. Well, you, you know, it was, you it was one of them. It was one of them. I mean, there was there's a lot of really nice, cool things at the Consumer Electronics Show. Like there was like drone soccer leagues and things like that. But um, those are all things that are just I find as fun applications of the technology. But I'm looking for the the the, the nascent application that I think is kind of groundbreaking. And uh, another one was something called quantum dot technology, where um, I was at meeting with a vendor and they had developed a quantum dot is the size of 10 nanometers, and this one particular vendor had literally created the world's smallest um, projector, image, uh, a light projector. And we were standing there at the Venetian, and we looked out the window, and the sphere was outside the window. And we literally were standing in a room where there was the world's largest projector and the world's smallest projector in the exact same spot. Mm -hmm. Interesting. That 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 was probably the highlight of the event. That was really exciting. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, you know, you're looking for something that's truly novel. And uh, and I think something very important that you said is that, you know, I think, you know, like particularly in early, you know, mid-20th mid, mid century, uh, you know, when there began to be a curve in, in, in like a J-curve uh, growth would become begin when it comes to technology and expansion in that area, you know, so much of it was, wow look, wow, look how nifty this is and what it can do, although you would never use it that way. seems like it's taken a long time for uh, companies to, to uh, realize that that isn't very effective long-term-wise. And apparently it had to have some value or they wouldn't keep doing it. But I think the pressure is on for them to, to make it real world. Yeah, that is, yeah, for across across the board with pretty much everything as the case, right? And and sometimes there's, these technologies are presenting themselves as solutions in hopes of in search of problems. And when they find that exact problem set, that that product market fit, that's when they're actually able to start start moving. And 
that's usually what I'm hoping to find is like that company that hasn't quite found or that technology that hasn't quite found where they're supposed to go. And um, I can see the vision for the future for it. Um, and that, that, that is, that's exciting to me. Yeah, absolutely. Final thoughts as we begin to wrap it up. Um, so the one, I think final thoughts on, on the Consumer Electronics Show is that, uh, so AI was probably king of the conversation. It was everybody threw AI on the end of it, autonomous, autonomous systems. Uh, they're, 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 things are trending consistent within particular parts of the market. And um, drone technology and as well as uh, all of those things that we're feeling, we're seeing a lot, but I think the biggest shifts are going to be in software and, and elements of what GPT has done to change the AI market. Uh, that is probably the biggest takeaway, I think, from tech in general. Very good. Very interesting. As always, give your web website one more time, Jim. Yeah, jlhancock.com. Yep, make sure you check it out. I am Kevin Price, and this is the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show.